You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. What is going on again, Sexy Marriage Nation? <laughs> Welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. Uh, We're having straightforward, unadulterated. What? I don't even know what the word what? is. We're, we like Move to talk. On. We like to talk about sex, and we like to talk about the questions that are on your mind in regards to sex and marriage, and the struggles that come with it. And the way we want to hear from you is, we want to hear your voice if you're willing to share it. 214-702-9565 is our voicemail line where you can leave us a message that we ask you to keep it succinct and clean, and we want to answer what's on your mind. You can also email us, feedback at sexymergeradio.com, or record a message on your phone and email us that message. So there's a lot of options because we want to hear from you because you help shape the conversation because this is listener-driven radio. Yeah, I mean, especially lately, we've had so many emails and voicemails call in that um, it's 100% shaped by what it. the listeners are messaging in to yep. ask. Absolutely love it. And so on that note, uh, a, a quick bit of housekeeping. Uh, we are going to make a subtle shift. Could even be kind of a bigger shift, but it's yeah, not It's not. Kind a, of excited not, about it, though. not real, real gigantic. But we started Mar- uh, Sexy Marriage Radio 3.0 in May, and that meant two shows a week, one with Pam and I. This is my wife, Pam. Hey, everybody. Uh, on Mondays and on Thursdays was a variety of guests, and a couple of things that we got is feedback after we've tried that for now three months, four months. Four months. Mm-hmm. Of that it, there's a lot of great content. There's a lot of great voices out there, and and one of the things that we found is some of the uniqueness of the Sexy Marriage Radio and Sexy Marriage Nation in our message of that primarily marriage is designed to help us grow up. That's what has kind of set us apart as, as a show mm-hmm. and as a message that causes people to keep coming back every week. And we want to make sure that that continually rings true. Yeah, we don't want it to get muddled right. and, and push we, back it to the side somewhere. Yeah, we don't want to dilute the message that makes Sexy Marriage Radio what it is. And so we also want to have time to really answer your questions and have voices of other really top-notch experts involved in the conversation as well. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take Monday's shows and Thursday's shows, and we're going to morph them into one show coming back out again on Wednesdays. My wife is looking at me confused. She knows what we're talking about, and I she's still looking at me confused. But what we're going to end up doing... The morphing word, I think, threw me. Well, we're going to change the format slightly to where we're going to go back to producing one show a week. It will come out again on Wednesdays, because Wednesdays, after all, is hump day. And that's what the history of Sexy Marriage Radio has always been produced on. And that's when they would air. And so we're going to do two versions of this show. One is a regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio which is exactly what you have right now. comes out every week on Wednesday. It's free, simple, clean. We answer your questions. There'll be some voice of the experts at times on those joining us as well. 
We will also be releasing an extended version of that show where we will have additional content and additional voices from the expert that will only be available to those members that are part of the Sex and Marriage Academy. You following me, Pam? I'm following you. Okay, so the whole goal... So is it that the experts are only going to be on this extended version and no. they'll never be on the other? Nope, they will okay. also be on the free on the regular version, which is the free as it's always been and always will be. And the experts, I say that like you're not an expert. Well, thank but you when that. we have the when we have MDs and people like that that right. have other areas of expertise. When they have a message that really does appeal to a broader audience, then absolutely some of that content is going to be available for all. We just want to make sure it's someone valuable. But some of that content's going to be available only for the academy members. Okay. And so you got to join the academy to get that content. And that will be Eventually, once we get the technology figured out, that will be its own feed. So if you use a podcast app or platform of whatever kind to listen to Sexy Marriage Radio, you will plug in a unique feed and it will show up just like it does already. So it'll just be a regular feed for you that you just have to go. If not, you go to the website, sexymarriage.net, you log in to join the academy and it appears right there too. Okay. So there's a variety of different ways. But you also get all the other benefits of the Academy, which is the monthly Q&A call, which is a roughly 75 to 90-minute conversation, one-on-one with whoever's on the call and myself and Pam, where we take your questions and we unpack them in real time. And we talk about what's on your mind. Mm-hmm. We also are having, uh, we're going to add to that a virtual hangout is what we're calling it. That is not recorded. It's just the chance for the community to hang out with each other. Right, because people have been asking for this. Yes, they have. Because they, it's like the, it's like the people that come to the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway create relationships with one another. Oh yeah. And it's a bond, and it's a unique thing that that kind of separates out some of those friendships. Where I know I can talk about some things with these people because they're of the same community. They're part of the nation and the academy. Right. So we want to offer a monthly opportunity for those that want to do that. And that'll just be at the end of the monthly Q&A call where it won't be recorded. Sometimes you and I will be a part of it. Sometimes we won't. It'll just be the community that wants to hang out and talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Mom and dad don't have to be there for a conversation all the time. (laughs) Oh, they do not. (laughs) Um, And then there's also, as part of the uh, Sexy Marriage Academy, there's the private chat, which is constantly active, usually with some really good support and questions and resource sharing and thought-provoking conversations that happen there, as well as um, additional things that will be coming along as they're created that is just for the Academy. And so yeah. I'm excited about this shift. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I think it's a it's a good way to more fully focus on um, on the specialty and really the message of what Sexy Marriage Radio is about. Right. Um, it's really focusing it more and and providing more that's just in line with what our message is. Exactly. And and the other thing I love about this is. It helps us uh, streamline everything we're doing, mm-hmm. and it just makes us be more effective. Because along with this subtle change, is um, we're going to stop putting the videos on YouTube that we've done of the guests, experts that have joined me. Okay, because we need to have a really a much more effective video strategy of of what we're doing with this, and and trying to create something that really does resonate to people. 
and utilizes that medium, but we just don't have that in, in mind yet. And so I don't want to continue to put stuff up there, even though it's really good and it's kind of cool. You get behind the scenes content. If you're part of the Academy, you get to see behind the scenes content, but we're going to, we're going to take, cease putting them up there for a time being until we figure out what do we, how do we really want to use this. Yeah. It's on the back burner for a right. little bit. So enough of the housekeeping. I want to move right into this. We got an email from um, a longtime listener and a friend of the show mm-hmm. that he was one that left a voicemail two weeks ago and then had a follow had was intrigued by the conversation from last week with the unilateral relationship. And so I want to read his message because he says, I want to keep the conversation going regarding my voicemail and the unilateral relationship follow up. Of course, we should expect more of the lower desire, distancer, underfunctioner in a relationship. But as you've told us many times that relationships are co-created and all of us have taught, encouraged, accepted the treatment that we are so now frustrated with. We've not done the hard work of standing up and confronting life as it is within our marriages for multiple reasons. We've not tolerated the discomfort required for growth. I'm reaching the conclusion that the discomfort Dr. Schnarch was refre- is referencing is not only the difficulty of standing up and speaking so much as it is the what comes after. Being able to tolerate the distance, quiet, rejection, angry response. These are far more uncomfortable to me than speaking the words. This is what we have to weather to change the game. I think we have a tendency to speak up before we're really set on our own foundation And that is what leads us to cave and teach our partner that we aren't capable of following through. Hmm. I'm making the connection of multiple past hurts and my family of origin issues to my pursuit of my spouse. And it has fundamentally changed my orientation to sex in the course of no more than two weeks. I had to push through the anxiety at the beginning and really marinate in the hurt. I had to feel it more deeply than I'd ever allowed myself to feel it before and began to trace it back to its origin. I recognized how much I was seeking sex to numb things that I didn't want to deal with. Funny how we can delude ourselves into thinking we're more grown up than we truly are, isn't it? Hmm. And I think that this is a spot on summary of our conversations. Sure. That it's, it's, it's accurately showing that, I, and I love the depiction of, it's not just the speaking up that takes courage. It's the facing what comes next. Yeah, takes the courage. Absolutely, that's a crystal clear yep. statement. The way he puts it, and I, and I, and it can't be stated a better way than that. Mm-mm. Hi, Corey. Hi, Pam. Appreciate all you do. Question is, is how can ninety-five percent of my relationship with my wife be active and fulfilling, be intimate and close and sexually pleasurable? It's what I desire and what I need. Yet. There's a small portion of my brain, let's say 5%, that allows for the craving of self-stimulation through porn or images to, to take hold and be damaging. I, I know the negative, the negative impact this activity has on our relationship, but I do it anyway. When done, I have come to hate the outcome and I'm fully aware that it's wrong and harmful. I've never confronted her on this, though. This seems to be a battle between my conscious and subconscious self. Uh, This has become harmful, and three times over the past two years, she has discovered this repeated habit, almost seasonal. Oddly enough, it's taken place during September, August, September time frame. But this this year, this time, it involved instant messaging, uh, sex chat, with with an acquaintance long far away. But it also insinuated possible hookup 
at a opportunity that, that might arise. My spouse and I have been married, been together for 16 years, married for 13 years, and now to really complicate this matter, there's a real face and a name on the other end. The wrongful 5% of my sexual being may be undoing my cherished 95%, and I'm dying because of this. Uh, that 95% was wonderful. I'm working to change myself and save our marriage. I'm working hard to understand this demon and change myself and never let it happen again. I pray that I positively beat this and save the marriage and show my spouse that I can truly be present for her. I must change and rid my life of the use of porn and anything that takes my sexuality outside of my marriage and my vows. Just like to hear your take on this. Signed, I got to beat the five percent. Okay, so the thought I, that immediately comes to my mind is this struggle of ninety-five percent of my relationship is satisfactory, if not even good, mm-hmm. is, but yet there's still that five percent that I respond to in negative ways. I choose in negative. With, with negative results and consequences and stuff outside of my relationship, be it porn or uh, texting or even setting up things that are betrayals. So this is the kind of stuff, uh, as far as our human nature goes, that the secular world uses to point towards maybe we're not meant to be monogamous. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is, the, this is the ammo they use because... The fact that we're attracted to more than just our, our spouse can be spun as, well, maybe we shouldn't only just have one mate. Right. I call this the the back door. Some of it, Satan knows our back doors. Absolutely. And, and this is our, that's our response to for, this. For, for many people, this is a back door. Absolutely. So this is recognizing that this is part of human nature, that if you think of it for the procreation and perpetuation of the species— if we were made to where once you made it, you just stayed that way for life, what do you do when tragedy happens and you're no longer then have, you know, you, you can't, you're not attracted to anybody else, so you don't mate after that. And so then the, uh, eventually the species dies, <laughs> it just weans itself out. So this is just a part of our biology, but our adultness comes into play on how do we confront the 5%, not make the 5% go away, is my mind. Okay. So, I mean, you're not going to make sexuality go away. You're right. not going to make attraction right. go away. You're not going to make the fact that I get turned on by other people go away. Okay. Right? But what do I do with that is what matters. So now let's get to the specifics of what he was asking. Yeah. Cool. And the details he's talking about. So he's made the comment that what if this is possibly seasonal? Because this is also a follow-up voicemail from right. We talked we about this that we didn't play. Yeah, last on week. the air. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the idea of he's he's saying that the same kind of stuff has happened around the same time of year, really associated with the same conference. That it's been a trigger mm-hmm. that's caused this wandering of his energy and his interest outside of his marriage. And so he's wondering, can there be a seasonal affect issue that's associated with this and mentally and psychologically speaking yes there can be there's triggers that happen i suffer from a august down time 
Yeah. <laughs> that it's just, yeah. I know it's coming and it's just going to happen. Where I'm just kind of down. My mood is just different. But that's from events that happened Absolutely. early on in our marriage. Absolutely. And There's that's the trigger. a specific day that that's the trigger. That's the triggers. But it's also seeing it as, okay, if I know my rhythms, which is that's, this would be my counsel to the caller. If, mm-hmm. if you, when you know your rhythms that August and September are coming, okay, so how about don't schedule conferences? Don't go, don't go traveling during that time. Do, mm-hmm. Or if you do, take your wife with you. Yeah. Be proactive on that. If you know that's coming, let her know. Here's what's happening in this this time of year. Here's my struggle. It sounds like you're already having those discussions with her, but... A little bit, yes. And so it takes understanding, here's my triggers. Now I need to make sure that my I associate better actions with them because that's the difference. And if I could be proactive about it, that changes the connotation of it. That changes the dialogue. It's the same kind of counsel we've given when it comes to pornography, that you can try to recognize what it is I'm seeking and why, and how do I steer that towards my mate is a better route, because you can't necessarily squash what it is you're seeking. You need to just find healthier means to seek it. Right. I I think of this in in the realm of, and maybe it's a much lighter note than the sexual desires and how damaging that can be to a relationship. But think of those that are trying to lose weight. And if they tell themselves they can't have something, many times you just want it all the more. Right. And so... What you focus on grows. What what you focus (laughs) on grows. And so lots of times it's that mind meld of right imagining yourself losing weight, picturing those things. And so how can you picture yourself positively? Here, here's me on the other side. Here's me tomorrow waking up and feeling like yesterday I did a good job. And you, you actually visualize that saying, I resisted that temptation yesterday. I can do it one more day. Yeah. And, and this is also where your spouse can come into play. Because if you know August and September are coming, because they do every year, and your wife knows what's gone on because you've been open with her and upfront and you've rebuilt that 95% to be solid again. Then when August hits the calendar, you look at her and you sit down, you go to have dinner before that month even starts and say, Hey, I want to, my, my, here's my plan for the next two months with you. And you just kind of lay it out there and you even almost give her permission. You're free to check in anytime you'd like. You're free to ask, how's it going? You're free, you know, but also know, I'm going to try to steer this towards you because this is a way I really want to confront this. Mm -hmm. This is the way I really want to utilize the relationship that my wife isn't my accountability partner. She's my ally. Right. You're a team on it. Right. And so you use each other's strengths because there's times where, I mean, I've done this in our marriage where when, when winter in Texas is not a real rough ordeal, it's not like the North. No. Where it's six months long or eight months long. It's it's a shorter thing, but it is still winter. But when spring hits and all the ladies and the moms finally get outside and start walking, I've had times where I'm just being bombarded on my drive back and forth to work. And the times I'm like, hey, babe, are you around tonight? Because I've got all kinds of triggers going on. And yeah. I want to steer this to you. Yeah. And so rather than us fighting, and this is, I think, our growth, Rather than fighting over, I can't believe that's a trigger and all that. Instead, it's thanks for steering that to me. Yeah. Because that's trying to be an ally for each other. Yeah. 
yeah, I'd be stupid to think that um, in no way, shape, or form, you're not seeing some of those things as you drive, even just the billboards. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it, it's out there. You see it. Dart your eyes. <laughs> exactly. So here's another quick question that came, came in via email that's going to lead straight into a voicemail. So okay. this is, hi, I love your show. Are there old, any old podcasts on women being the higher desire and how to understand how to navigate that? Okay. So actually, there are some. Yeah, yeah. So You've if you go quite a few to over episodes two sixty nine, one thirty five, and one forty and and forty six, those are specific on the wife is the higher desire. Okay, so that's a mix of having Gina and Shannon. On yes, there, it then. is. And then you have this episode. Yeah. Good afternoon. I have a situation I would like to propose to you, and I'd love some advice on how to move forward. First off, we've been married for close to three years. My husband is a kind, sensitive man, and we enjoy each other's company immensely, but I'm trying to figure out why we only have sex on the weekends. When we were dating, it seemed like he had a lot more interest in making out and um, just, like, more physically affectionate, and he seemed more turned on by me then than he is now i've discussed the issue with him and his only answer has been a shoulder shrug and i'm tired or i'm not horny or you satisfy me so i don't need it as much and i get it he works a physical job but he and i both work physical jobs we both get the same amounts of sleep uh we both get up really early in the morning and we're in bed by 9 p.m and so and my sex drive is a lot higher than his. I could go for sex pretty much every day, every other day, just depending. And so this answer didn't make much sense to me. And I felt hurt when I need sex in the evening and he doesn't want to. I'm a young, beautiful woman. I'm 23 years old. I take great care of my body. And this frustrates me because, like, I, I feel like I have to masturbate when I can't get sex with my husband just to get rid of the urge and, I feel guilty about it, and I've told my husband about it. He knows I struggle with it. And it's possible that he's a crockpot. Like, you know, he's turned on slower, but talk to him a bit about that. He doesn't think so. He says it's kind of random for him. He just a switch flips in his mind. It's not really um, – he doesn't think it's from anything external. Like, I don't know, like – looking at me or, like, maybe a, a movie, anything like that. It's from nothing external. It just happens. So that's very frustrating. Like, and I can't arouse him myself, like, no touching, kissing, or me being naked or suggesting we have sex will arouse him, and he doesn't really like it when I initiate. And so here I am very frustrated. I hope you can help me. Thanks. That is a very frustrating position. It is. I'm sitting here from the low desire side saying, what the heck? What the heck? I'm hurting for you, girlfriend. Exactly. So let's let's do this uh, macro to micro. Okay. Got us through it. Got us so through it. So the macro, which is mainly understanding the landscape better. Okay. Because a lot of times when you come across... The wife is the higher desire. You've got to recognize what is the landscape, meaning men could be suffering from low T. Okay. 
So they don't have the biological drive. And as men, we are different in women that most of the time for women, a choice follows response. Okay. So if I choose in my mind, I I want to have sex tonight, then my body will will follow. follow. For men, it doesn't always happen that way. There's for lots of times our body determines the choice. Okay. It's because of the testosterone and the drive and the visual nature of us. Okay. Okay. So understanding that and then another the other things for men that really do squash desire that I've come across the most is stress, worry, fear, those kinds of things, that anxiety. That that the biggest libido killer and erection killer for men is anxiety. Okay. Because you get, and that can be a lot of other things that have nothing to do with sex, or it can be performance. That I'm afraid of what's going to happen, and what if I can't perform? Because a man's biggest question is, can I come through? So, I'm just spitballing here. Do you have, when you see that the woman is the higher desire, and do you have a guy that has more anxiety because he feels like he's got to meet this quote unquote there, demanding woman's I'm not calling you demanding. No, there can be, but, um, yeah, well, society has the said, more demanding yep, society has said a woman doesn't need a refractory period. So how in the world can you satisfy a woman that's really turned on and wants multiple helpings? Okay. Because a man has to have some time okay. in between. Right. So, Societally speaking, there's some conditioning that hurts in this regard. But if you're also looking at the landscape, men men that suffer from depression, uh huh, it'll it it can really hit libido. Oh sure. Some some men as teenagers and adolescents suffered from depression, but they sexualized it, and they turned towards porn or masturbation. Okay. And that became a release. But some men. They don't. They just they don't know they're really depressed and down. They're just a little more melancholy. And now when you add pressures of marriage and you add pressures of a wife that's interested in sex a whole lot more than you are, that's that's a that's a lot of subtle, if not overt pressure. So that's just the landscape. That's all this is. I just want to kind of give possibilities for the landscape and what could be going on. Okay. So it doesn't hurt to go check out your testosterone no, levels. I mean, step number one would be that. See what kind of physical things you can. And make sure there's no there illnesses going. going on that are that, are, that could be contributing to this. Yeah. No, no side effects of medication that could be going on. Yeah. Um, any other habits that are addictive that are going on. Uh, pornography uses to excess can, ha- can imp- impact libido and interest and performance. So it's just recognizing that that's the landscape. And then there's also the part the possibility that when when you're sexually active as dating as a dating couple whether you have intercourse or not you know there's typically some sort of sexual activity going on and that that adds the tabooness to it of ooh oh this is new and it's fresh and it's exciting and it's unknown and erotic right and then when you get married that wanes because it turns out it's not all you thought it was going to be possibly right. Or now you can, it, it's it's not off limits anymore. So available. the tabooness yep. isn't there and it's just not maybe quite as exciting. Okay. So, so to our caller that she's saying, I'm frustrated here. Sure. Because anything I try to do is rebuffed. 
So I would say uh, some of the things to think about is un- d- spend some time looking at what are the meanings of sex for you. Is it the release that you're looking for? Because she's talked about it. Sometimes I get frustrated, so he's not interested, so I'll go off and masturbate. Okay. That takes a little pressure off of him, especially if you can have a conversation about it. Right. If it's just a release you're looking for, offer him the opportunity to be a part of it, but take care of it yourself if you have to. Yeah. If you're looking for connection, that's a different meaning. And so understanding the differences and the nuances therein can change how you approach it. Okay. Because that's that's a different path on both sides. The other thing that I think of is mind how you approach him. Because she said he doesn't like it when I initiate. He doesn't like he, she's she gave a list of the don't he doesn't like. Well, my question is, what do you like? Are yeah. you doing those? Doesn't matter if he likes it. If you think you Take care of your body. You're an attractive woman, and you think you look good with whatever it is you're wearing or not wearing. Carry yourself as such. That's interesting, because I thought you were going to say, what does he like? No, what does she like? And of course, that flips around to the message you always give is to be authentic to you and to yourself. And take you care have no of what con- you can control. Take, you take care of you, and <laughs> you, you can't control him. So, yeah. And okay. this is the easiest counsel to give, the hardest to actually do. Confronting and figuring out how to not take his rejections personal. Mm. Yeah. And this is, that, this is the path of every higher desire, male and female alike. We have to figure out how do we take our partner's rejection as less personal as possible. Right. And the beauty here... They're three years into marriage. Yes. Which praises to you for calling in. Yeah. You're three years in. You're working on this. Um, this this is this is a certainly a problem that can be overcome, and you guys can be so much bigger and stronger together through this. So, kudos to you for calling in, for asking the questions, and and putting it into words. Yep. And so the other thing I think of is. Um, some of the things to kind of mind your mind throughout the day that as you go throughout the day, how much time do you spend catching each other eye to eye as mm-hmm. you're talking, yeah, as you're interacting, as you're passing each other, as you, because it could be there's just not quite that spark because it's just a body thing. It's not a behind the eyeballs thing yet. Mm, yeah. and so sometimes catching by the eye with yours and hold it for a beat longer, and then move on. And then do it again, and kind of see if you can slowly increase that over time. Because sometimes that is, you know, the eye is the window to the soul. Yeah. And sometimes that soul connection will really light a fire like nothing else. Yeah. Because then it's not a body thing. It's a true essence thing. Well, it's the two of you connecting intimately, Yes. not sexually. And then the other thing is this is something that sounds like she's already done to varying degrees, and this is just a path you continue, you continue to be honest. Mm-hmm. You continue to just call out the elephant in the room in that I'm interested in this and it doesn't seem like you are. Am I wrong? Right? And then you see what yeah. his response is. And you use that kind of data to get a better picture of what's going on. Because the last point that I think of is some men, and I don't know if your husband is one of these, But there's a lot of us out there that we don't recognize ourselves as really good captains. Because I believe in the framework of husband and wife. The husband needs to be the captain. The wife is the first officer. Mm -hmm. Because 
most women, most wives I've ever worked with, they, they love this framework because it, they don't want to go down with the ship, but they want to be in charge of a lot of the ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they want someone else, though, to make the call on live or die. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or set the course or set a tone. In some regards, with, with a higher desire wife, some men don't, they, they are really threatened by being out-captained. And so if your mannerisms and your persona is kind of more alpha or, or captain, see if you can notice some subtleties in there of where could you recognize, you know what, maybe, maybe I haven't given him room to really assume the chair. Not in pursuit of sex. I'm talking about in other areas of your life. And maybe if it boosts him in these other areas where he feels like, yeah, this is my role. I'm confident in that. Libido typically follows confidence. Okay. Does some of that go against me being me and being true to me? No, it doesn't because this is about the subtleties between you. Okay. This isn't, this isn't about recognizing if, if she is a boisterous alluring, seductive vixen in the marriage, in the way she carries herself in life, it's Mm -hmm. not squashing that. It's recognizing, okay, be that, but are you also being semblances of that in other areas of your relationship where he doesn't get to have a, a chance to make decisions? He doesn't feel like he has a voice. He feels like he's part of the crew. He's, he can't be captain because it's a, a power struggle. And so in essence, recognize, you know what, I don't, maybe I'm controlling these other things. And if I back off a little bit, maybe that boosts his confidence and he feels like he has an identity in this. And a lot of times as men, when we don't, when we feel like we've lost our way, we become pouty little schoolboys. And we just kind of, I'll, no. I'll take my toys and go play elsewhere. No, that never happens. <laughs> so, so it's seeing it as look for the subtleties Within it's your funny because you say that, and some of that makes it sound like, maybe I'm taking this wrong, but some of that makes it sound like, let him go ahead and take control. It, you know, it's not take control, but it sounds like you're, uh, like you're having to cater to a little kid or something. No, and I, it's, I don't think of it, it, it's not by make, create a void so that he'll fill it. Okay. It's recognize the subtleties of... You know, if, if he doesn't have an opportunity to speak up, ask him on some of the things. Yeah. If you kind of look at it and go, wow, I looked at this day that we spent today together and I made all our decisions. Are you okay with that? Would you have rather have done something else? Because that's just trying to be a good student of each other. Okay. So that you each have a voice. Okay. Because it's not, let me diminish so you have more. That's what, and that's it's, the way I was hearing it. It's let me be more aware of you so that we can cultivate more of you. Okay. That makes sense. That wasn't how I was hearing it originally. Okay. Hi, um, my name is Jess, and I just recently got married um, about two weeks ago. Um, I just called to say thank you, Dr. Allen and Pam, so much. Um, my husband and I had a lot of issues. We're both Christians. And um, instead of kind of like wondering, you know, why isn't this working on our honeymoon and what's going on, we were able to pray and fast and focus on the reality of, you know, this is something we have to work toward and it's all because of your podcast. We've been listening to it for about six months and it's opened up conversations and it's really kept me calm um, because I kept reminding myself of 
you know, the tips and tricks and things to help us. And they have helped us so, so much. And I just want to want to thank you guys. Um, I'm actually a psychology student. Um, and I'm starting marriage and family counseling and to actually work through it, um, through your podcast in real life is amazing. It's helped us in so many ways. I just want to thank you so much. Um, and we're just going to be continued listeners forever. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations on your new marriage and blessings for many, many years to come. Absolutely. And we'll leave it at that. This has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we've got something undone or you've got a response to what we've covered thus far or you have something on your mind, you want to hear our thoughts. 214-702-9565. We want to hear both sides of this. Your thoughts to help the nation and your thoughts to have expanded more wherever you are whatever you've been doing thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us we'll see you next time